Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We won't put that on the podcast. No, no, that built. <laughs> delete, delete. Hello and welcome to Mummification. I'm your host, Brody Matner. This podcast is a space for women and parents to talk about how they're feeling. And sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears. Welcome to part two of, of Christy Jones. If you Thank haven't you. listened to part one, I highly recommend going back and listening to episode 25 because in that episode we hear about Christy's decision to become a solo parent by choice and what led her to that decision and we also hear about how she had to leave New York where she was living in a huge hurry and move back to Brisbane at a billion weeks pregnant. Um, so today we're going to chat about what it's like being a solo parent by choice, being a working parent, and how KJ feels about herself and her sense of identity now. Um, so when we – hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Love um, being back. Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice having a two-parter. You're my first two-parter. Yeah. Look at that. Who would have known I had that much to say? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you had that Everybody much to say. Everybody who knows me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we left off our last episode with you adding to cart, spending $16,000 on a flatbed return flight to Australia at 32 weeks pregnant in the middle of the COVID pandemic. And now, of course, you have the beautiful Edie, who's two, and you live in Brisbane near your family and friends. So what was it like when you came home? Because you hadn't lived in Brisbane for over a decade, and then all of a sudden you're back and you're about to become a mum. Everything felt like it was happening like in front of me, like it, or for me, or it was sort of like I, had, I sort of it was all happening and I had no time to catch up. So the, the, the point in which I moved back to Australia um, in the pandemic was like in Australia's lockdown period, like right at the beginning when um, it was, you know, raging in America and it was just starting to 
um, you know, the whole nation was in lockdown. And at the point, no one knew anything. So in some ways you feel like you're actually just escaping to a safe place, right? That's the initial, the initial um, feelings were, for me, being in the position of, you know, facing those sort of scary things that were that I was staring down the barrel of in New York, having her delivering her alone and then potentially being in isolation, trying to, you know, deal with a newborn with literally no other human there to help. I actually just felt relieved and was sighing massive, you know, breaths of relief because I had a network. I had a, I, had, I was back to a safety network and Gosh, it was so funny. I had mates like they're all a little bit ahead of me, most of them ahead of me in a in a parenting journey. And so seizing the opportunity to, you know, clear out all of the baby goods that they had. <laughs> and I was having boxes and boxes of, you know, because you can imagine I came back with two suitcases. I had a level of preparation for, for having a baby in America, I didn't have any preparation here. So, you know, that, that last month or so was spent having people literally just bring so many things to me and help, just be so helpful. And that, um, that being there for me in, in that time was actually, I think, a real game changer, both my friends and my, and my family coming almost it felt like a little bit coming to my rescue it was it it just it did feel like that um for that initial period of time because my um I had to totally recalibrate my expectations versus the reality that I was facing yeah and so was because you know your reality was completely different to what you had planned for um then once you became a mum was that what you expected I it, it's okay. So the best way I, I think for me, it is what I expected, but everything's amplified that more. So I'm pretty practical. I wasn't thinking it wasn't going to be hard, but it's a little bit harder than you envisage. I was imagining it was going to be full of joy and happiness. It's more joy and happiness than you can actually understand. So it's sort of like everything that I thought it would be is that, but that bit more that you don't know until I guess you've, 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 it's become your lived experience and, and um, you, 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 you become that extra role in your life of parent. So, um, yeah, the, the expectation um, didn't, like, give me massive shockwaves, but I guess it was like, like I was saying, that recalibration of I thought in New York I would, you know, full-on birth plan and, sort of what you would do and how you would live your life living somewhere and the job that you would have and the setup that you would have, um, you can only envisage it. Anyone who's a first-time parent thinks you think you know the answers and you build yourself a plan. I think everyone can fairly say that that doesn't, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but I guess mine didn't happen on such an amplified scale that um, – it took that little bit of extra readjustment, I think, for me. Yep. Yeah. And how is it being a solo parent in the workforce? Oh, that's another 
big topic. Well, let's, so, let's, <laughs> let's break it down. How do you how do you make it work for you, or have you found a way to make it work for you? I've learned a lot. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I actually think that this starts when, well, when, when you, <laughs> for me, it started at IVF. Honestly, it's that that the journey to parenthood and your workplace is as important as once you are a parent in my eyes because of the journey I went through to have a baby and conceive. So I definitely had a, um, I guess it was a unit. It was, it was funny because it was a sort of situation in the workforce where yes, they were very supportive and, you know, my boss was open about, I was open with my boss about the fact that I was going through IVF, but up beyond that, it wasn't an open thing. And you can have some really tough days and no one expects that you might be having a tough day because of IVF because you're actually just, you're, you're single. So it actually can feel quite isolating in, in how you deal with those tough days of IVF in a workplace where you don't, I didn't actually, um, have an open I was very open in my private life I wasn't open in my in my professional life through that journey so I think the workplace and parenting for me started then and I I learned how to it can be advantageous to bring some people along with you on that ride hence being open with my manager and stuff and then um pregnancy that's a whole new level of (laughs) needing support in the workplace um and that like I had like bucket loads of support it was fantastic um particularly in the return home um I've never known uh an individual and an organization to be so deeply supportive of this the situation um and I think that really for me May, was one of the things that made that, that this whole thing, like the whole sort of transition back to Australia much easier. So, um, Because were they just yeah. happy for you to move here and keep working for them after your maternity leave period? We didn't. I mean, yeah, so we, it wasn't like I was moving home at that point. It was like I'm going home at that point. So, yeah, it was all just unknown. It was like, well, this is what you have to do right now and it was all you it was little planning about future <laughs> planning about it so um you know they uh, but but the the freedom to to get home and um and do all of that with with a good amount of time and and support behind my belt was you know really fundamental to i think my mental health at that point in time so yeah that that was amazing and then of course i chose not to return to the US. So um, I you know, left that job, as you can imagine, then it was a New York job. So then um, and then we haven't embarked really, on, yeah, sorry. We haven't really talked about your decision to stay here because you came back in a flurry and then, <laughs> and then, which is probably a, a more gentle word than how it actually felt, but you, you came back and then you had Edie and then did you, in the back of your mind, always think that you would stay here long term or did you think that you would go back? 
So then once I had left that organisation and I, you know, of course, finished my mat leave and was like entering the workforce again, Edie was five, five months pregnant, five months, <laughs> she was five months, <laughs> pregnancy brain, she was five months old and um, I went back to work and uh, looking for a, a role here and yeah, I, I got a new, a new gig here and um, I guess from a career perspective, it, it was a great job, right? And and from a um, how do you continue to make, you know, your career have gains as a professional woman who wants to, you know, enjoys their career, how do you keep it moving forward? This was the job on paper that was doing all of that. But unfortunately for me, the, the reality of it was um, a really misaligned fit for what the organization's, you know, values were and what mine needed to be being a solo parent. There was no space at that organization to have a dual role of being breadwinner and only parent. There there was just truly not the um, inclusivity and um, flexibility to be able to have the life that I have in this way. So I learned a lot, you know, I decided on my, I I decided to leave that scenario because I, you know, had these sort of few moments where I was like, this is not what, this is not what I want out of my life. I, I didn't have a baby to, um, you know, have, have my time compromised with her because of, because of work. I work to support her and our life it's not like work is my life so that was a big um adjustment for me in and and I think you know a really big learning on how to choose an organization that isn't just right for you and your career but that is right for where you're at in your life and your career It, it it you you have um less flexibility to to put that to put your career as as the number one thing and so you then need to prioritize you know where 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 your career fits into your life I think there's I think there's a change that that happens and some people choose this from the get-go of their career and some people you know choose it at different inflections of their life and their career but for me entering parenthood was the moment for me I made sure that I needed to have my values and my my work line up more closely with each other. So I left that organisation and, and, and now with another one, yep. which mm-hmm. does align. <laughs> oh, good. That was my next question. Mm, mm. Yeah, aligns very well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that must be, it must be quite hard financially because you wear the breadwinner hat and then you also wear the parent carer hat, but you have to wear both. You, you're, you're it. And so how do you, how do you balance that? With great stress. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think you, you carry an undermining stress about it. Like always, I bought a house during this period of time as well. And of course it's like, you, you know, you, you've got to make sure you're, um, you're, 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 I think I'm always trying to find that balance. You've got to, be 
in the right kind of job that does deliver for us and and houses and feeds us or do I, um, I, I suppose in a different life I may have spent more time as a parent doing the parent role more focused in a more focused way but life is such that I don't that's not my choice in the end and I have chosen to 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 play to have both hats and um, I think that's been one of those identity things that's happened for me throughout this journey is realizing that I I probably was in some way destined to do, to to be both um, career and parent in a both in a very wholehearted way um, because yeah I think it, it's quite suited to me but there's um, there's an there's an added level of pressure to deliver on both of those roles as best you can as opposed to entering your life as a team to collectively fulfill those roles. And I don't think anyone who doesn't do both of these things truly appreciates what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you work full time, don't you? Five days. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like a, you know, pretty big role. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. And, and I, um, yeah, but the type of, role and organization I've chosen is one of flexibility I'll work at night um you know at least a couple of nights a week and you know sometimes some early mornings but then you know you might also have an afternoon off to be able to have dinner prepared (laughs) 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 so so it's um and and look I still say to this day one of the luckiest things I think is for me is the pandemic because I truly do not know how I would be doing this if I was expected to be in an office five days a week. I truly think that the flexibility of virtual and hybrid life allows me to fulfil both of these roles a lot easier. And I am so thankful in many ways that this catastrophic thing happened in the world that's actually produced so much good um, for our society. And whilst a virtual life can be taxing and sort of mentally hard, I think that for me it's opened so many doors and possibilities of a more flexible and balanced life. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And what do you find the most, well, not the most, but what do you find challenging about being a working parent? And then... I suppose a separate question is a solo parent in general. Like if if Edie isn't sleeping or eating or she's cracking it, if you're at home on your own, you can't sub out when you're about to crack the shits and handball her to someone else so that you can have a minute. <laughs> how do you how do you manage that? I feel like there's two there's two parts to that. Like the first one is how do you manage the work the work and the and the doing both effectively it's and the demands of weirdness it's truly it comes down to logistics and a network so yeah i was on the call last night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. i mean what worse hours could there possibly be than needing to work from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. when you've got a 2 year old <laughs> but that's when i have the um, good fortune and great support of my parents to run bedtime for me, and you know that's that's my version of having a bit of a team around me to be able to to do those things. Um, it, when you're on the converse to that, it, whilst you might have a team aspect to some of the logistics, because sometimes you literally cannot be in two places at one time. That's not the case when it comes to the parenting piece. You, you, there's no, like you say, there's no subbing. There's no team. There's a village and that village, I believe, plays such an important role and I love that I have one and I'm so grateful that I have one because I, do, I also don't think that one person can teach a child everything they know, right? And so in my village I have my family, I have my mates, I have a daycare. Like I have a whole range of things and, and, and things around us that is, um, that's our village. But that doesn't mean though that um, the same level of team exists when it's parenting because at the end of the day you are the only parent yeah. and that is your job to do and, and there's no um, other role. So, you know, when you're not entering into a co-parent situation, um, it is particularly unique and it's hard like you know you're talking about some of the um you know those various parenting things where like vomit like honestly the <laughs> vo- the the, <laughs> the projectile vomit moments are some of the hardest because you've got this sick child 
who's literally spewed everywhere on, on everything and obviously is going to do it multiple times. And how do you both clean it up and care for the child? It's it's just like you you, you only have so many hands and so you just like you find your way and you 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 know you you'll learn every time. So there's those moments where it's like you just wish you had more hands, you know. <laughs> Maybe it's not that complex of a situation, but you just that that team aspect would be good. And then you've got the other more complex aspects of parenthood, which is the um, you know, learning, behavior, developmental growth, the heart the harder things. Yeah. They um they're what I've they're the aspects that I have found the hardest doing alone. Um, and I don't think any parent gets it right every time. And I certainly haven't, but I feel like every time I get tested, I learn. So, um, you know, we all sample different styles of parenting and we all define, ultimately define ours by probably for me, some amalgamation of a whole bunch of different methodologies and you figure out what your child responds to and you know you 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 sort of go with that and sometimes you have to recognize one of those styles isn't working right now (laughs) you've got to check yourself and you've got to um you know have a moment you've got to you it's a constant self-talk and getting getting yourself through the the strategy and doing that independent problem solving to get the child dressed or <laughs> whatever it might be because I've I found myself at a few occasions, I guess, getting really stuck and roadblocked into, you know, expecting it to be done in a certain way or by a certain time frame and then you have to just take a beat yourself and instead of subbing out, have a little self-talk, have a little like, moment of like is Edie responding to this positively (laughs) is she doing what you want no and you have to but you have to have the patience and the um self-awareness I think to to do that and um I think my patience capabilities have infinitely increased as well <laughs> and as, been tested yes exactly um and and I um have also you know continued to learn a lot about myself but I like uh, I'm sort of person who likes to like flip it round. so instead of thinking oh woe is me god it's hard like I have to figure this all out by myself and try different strategies actually view it that aren't I the lucky one who knows Edie so well that I can figure out how to solve the solve the problem and do that all myself and like how intimately and how deeply you need to know that other human to be able to just have it as the two of you is a gift it's amazing it's beautiful yeah. yeah yeah so that's where um I think any solo parent would probably agree is a very unique part about the lives that we live, but it's very, it's a hard one to explain. But we actually 
I think most of us would really just be super grateful that aren't we in that lucky position to be able to um, problem solve out problem solve our way out of it and and truly deeply know that 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 other human to be able to to get there ourselves. And you've got, by the sounds of it, an amazing village, as you said. Have you felt supported by everyone close to you and by society? in general, as a solo parent by choice? I entered the journey into new, in New York where literally people fly their own flags every day and, you know, you sort of, you, you do whatever. So I didn't think about it so much. And I guess part of why I was looking forward to a life there is I thought I won't need to hit up against any prejudice or or, or anything because I'm in the land of do whatever you want to do <laughs> and it's accepted uh, within the law. But, like, you know, the the you-do-you you attitude that, that New York has I felt was the perfect one for me to not necessarily have to face that. So when I came back to Australia, I honest, I do think I was a little bit hyper aware of, like, gosh, I don't know what it's like to be in, you know, Brisbane, a, not the you know contemporary but not like huge mega city with lots of diversity and um how how will this city accept me and how will the people in it accept me i think society in general um and also i'd lived away because i'd lived away i didn't really know like where is brisbane at with with this sort of um alternative family arrangements and you know, I've been pleasantly, you know, award, awarded the fact that it is totally fine. <laughs> every In every aspect, it's been, um, you know, embraced. I think what disappoints me is that there's, there is prejudice when it comes to um, government processes and things like that, like... Um, you know, you're on the on. You're getting your home loan application, and you're meeting every single criterion, and you're perfectly ticking every single box. Oh, but you're, oh, but you're a single parent. Oh, okay, you're gonna have to go into this queue over here, and then we'll process you with extra time because you're, you know, I'm like it, it's sort of, it's um, systematic things like that that are presented to you that haven't negatively affected me. I've not been discriminated against in, in any in any formal way. You just kind of have to go in the slow queue or the extra checking queue, which I guess is a form of discrimination. But I think that um, it's not been this sort of heavy societal level discrimination or anything like that. Um, so, like, that's the sort of the, the, the societal view. In terms of my personal um, sort of my personal life I think um I think my own village it would be fair to say lots of people within that have gone on a learning journey themselves they've not necessarily you know most of my um you know network and and it's come through quite a homogenous environment like a homogenous sort of structure and mum dad and kids or or the like and so they have learned a lot through me about the um, the alternative possibilities, and by and large, most people have embraced that, and they're the ones who continue to be in my village. I guess 
if you haven't embraced your your friend's choice or um, you know someone in your life's choice, then you usually don't really become a massive part of it in the future. So um, I think it's I think it's they all like that they've learned a lot. They all have embraced like um, the opportunity for them to sort of have other um, approaches to families in their lives. And I think that, yeah, we've just totally embraced it on the whole. I think it's so cool that you and Edie get to be this awesome little team. And especially as she's getting bigger, because we've, we've got kids that are the same age, mm-hmm. you, they start to understand you a bit more too. And, like, I know I feel that with June because she's two as well. As she's getting older and we, you know, can interact more and understand each other more, that sort of connection grows. Mm. And so it must be really cool to be just like you guys are this tight, awesome unit that you then have this extended community to support you both. I think that's really special. It is. It is so special. And Edie gets she gets it. She gets that like the two of us are the family and that all these extra people who are in our lives are super special and they play a role and she loves them. But she, she gets that it's us too. And, um, I feel so rich that I have her. Like it's, you know, I feel so fulfilled that I have, um, such a great relationship with a daughter and um, I don't know it any other way but um, I do think that it allows us to have a, a very very deep bond yeah is there something empowering that you would say to other solo mums I think I asked you this in our first episode but oh maybe I didn't can't remember I should have checked but I'll ask now um well I guess there's two categories that there's the women and some men actually going through the decision-making phase of potentially solo parenting. And then there's the ones who've done it. The decision-making ones I could maybe resonate with in the sense that, you know, like you don't know it yet. (laughs) It's an unknown, right. And you've, and by sharing stories and listening to others, you can perhaps learn a little bit about, you know, what that life might be like, I would say it, it absolutely will not be a bad decision. If, you, if you're wondering if it will be the right or wrong decision, it just won't be the, the wrong one. Um, you, the, you're empowering, the empowering aspect of choosing to become a parent in this way is um, something that you'll always have within yourself and that empowerment will actually give you the um, confidence to get through the hard times and, and things like that. So um, I would say uh, just don't look back. I don't think it's, I don't think you will regret it. Um, in terms of the other solo mums who already are out there, everyone's learning their own journey here. Like everyone's on their own path. And um, maybe some are just with a newborn and maybe some are with a 14-year-old kid. But um, I think all of us would say the village, really. Like we were saying, we have that super tight bond and, and there's nothing like it. But you're only human. 
and you only have um, certain so many limbs and capacity to be in one place at any one time. And so make sure that you um, build a, a life that allows um, access to that village. And I think that that is why I am so deeply happy to be back in my hometown. Like for me, it's, I, pro- I probably would have landed back here in one way or another when I thought I'd be living in New York, but actually all reality has it. I think I would have in her early years realised, actually, I don't want to do this without my biggest village, which is back here. I'll I'll head home. Yep. So I fast forwarded, I guess, through (laughs) all of that and it was clogged on me, but I think I would have, I would have landed in this place anyway um, because I truly love how, um, I have access to so much support and um, and and people around me to to take this this ride with us. Yeah, I was going to finish there, but I realised I forgot to ask how you feel about yourself now and your sense of self. Yeah, um, I think it's really easy to lose it, and I have. I, I need, and it's difficult. It's like I don't want to be standing on a mantle saying as a solo parent I've I've gone through this because I actually think a lot of mothers do irrespective of co-parenting or not I think as a mother you um your sacrifice is so great and all the things around you that are happening uh happen first and happen with priority as opposed to for yourself and so um I think that what might be the differentiator is that you truly have more sacrifice when you are a solo parent. You, you, you truly do have to bear the brunt of the, the lack of chance and opportunity to do something. Oh, you want to go for a run at 6am while the kid's still asleep and someone's still at home? No, you can't. <laughs> or you want to pop out for dinner with your girlfriends while someone stays at home no that doesn't happen either and so your um limitation you I think you have a level of limitation and therefore sacrifice that probably you don't in a co-parenting or sort of more more humans around to help situation um and so I think in that journey of sacrifice and then maybe sort of work pressures and like all of those things I was saying that are around you that take priority I I think it's fair to say I have like at moments been like where is me who is me (laughs) and I and and you don't come up for air at least for 12 months and I guess now that I have come up for air in these recent few months I think it is for me um it it it's tricky because you 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 want to do some of these things. You want to, um, I guess, have a little bit of you back, um, whatever that might be for, for exercise, for socialising, for God forbid, dating, my God. That's a whole other thing that doesn't happen um, because I just don't have the space for it at this present time. So, you know, I guess you've got to be okay with that sacrifice and you have to reconcile it within yourself um and in many ways crack on until you've got a 
different phase of parenting when they're older and it can it can change but you wouldn't give it up you wouldn't no you know that's the joy of it (laughs) you wouldn't change it you wouldn't well I think you do a spectacular job (laughs) I think I think a lot of us do and I think for me it's been um I guess just a matter of sharing my own story and like you know your whole podcast is about storytelling and um sharing various women's journey through motherhood however that might look and the fact of the matter is this is just mine this is just my story only and and um and everyone has theirs but I hope that by us both telling them and listening to them it means that we can start to break down some of the um, preconceived perceptions or um, sort of uh, prejudices or anything that might exist because we just don't know enough about the, the challenges that mothers are facing. And you and I have spoken before about how even if it looks like you're in the same situation as someone, your story can be completely different. And how, Exactly. How amazing mm. is that to share... Yeah your own story and hopefully people can, even if they don't, you know, get a bit of it that resonates with them, just to hear other people's stories and to to acknowledge and know that it's so different for everyone, I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. So um, more storytelling and yes. more just, um, you know, maybe the New York way, yeah. by your own flag. <laughs> You do you. <laughs> and we all just live happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really nice. <laughs> oh, friend, thank you so much. You're just spectacular. My goodness. Oh, it's a pleasure. Only for your podcast, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I so love it. And I so love that you had really nice feedback on episode, your first one. I did too. It was just, it was such an incredible story and you tell it so well. Edie's a lucky little chook. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Yuggera people, and I wish to acknowledge them as traditional owners. I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and elders of other communities who may be listening. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brodie Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.